0: Purpose addicts, what's up? We back for another week. Shane Calhoun, PhD.
1: What's up, man? I'm doing very well, sir. How are you doing today? I hate it when you do that. I hate, it. <laughs> I hate that that voice, that that unauthentic. <laughs> That's not uh, inauthentic, buddy. Really, buddy, it's not. I'm um I'm good, bro. How are you doing?
0: Man, I'm amazing, man. I'm amazing. We got a lot going on. It's a lot on the docket.
1: Uh, So I just was reminded of something. Got a question for you. And we're going to throw back to an episode. You might want to interview our guest first. I mean, you might want to introduce our guest first. You want me to do that? Yeah, go ahead and introduce because it was her fault. It was her fault. Why I remember it was her fault already. (laughs) That's how we started. All right, people.
0: here we go. You know how we get down. It's very organic. I'm going to introduce our guest. One, she's another dope guest and we only bring dope people on the show. Her name is Miss Kalila Lyons. That's right. You better say it right. And she is the co-founder of Candidly Connecting, a community resource to help parents have candid conversations with their children about diversity, equity, and inclusion, right? Seems like a topic that might be over their heads, but we'll dive into that a little bit more and how she does that. You need to know she serves as a DNI strategist for several nonprofits. She aligns her passion to disrupt exclusive narratives to create opportunities for inclusion and diversity across the Chicago land. that's right chicago uh people stand up she's an active spirit who serves as the mentor advisory council member a thought leader a notable keynote speaker a board member and an avid volunteer and while she's doing all of that not after but while she's doing all of that she's also a loving caring mother of two I want you to please give a warm welcome to Miss Kalila Lyons. What's up, Kalila?
2: Hey, yeah, hey. you know it's 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 nice to know I'm already causing blame for things as part of my <laughs> intro. That's outstanding. <laughs> it's great to be here. I'm doing well. Happy to be here with y'all.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm so glad you were able to join us. I know we've been trying to connect back and forth a little bit. We finally were able to make it happen, right? Yes. So, yes. so glad
1: to have you on the show. Now, Shane, how was she already causing trouble? Because Please. we, she, no, it wasn't trouble. It was just, um, she just reminded me of something I wanted to ask you because we were talking about um the freedoms of your appearance and attire when it comes to being an entrepreneur. We we having mm-hmm. a conversation off air, so I, I wanted to ask you a question, and it's a throwback to another episode. So, um, I don't know if you watch sports much kalila do you watch basketball or anything football Mm-mm. okay cool well Kyrie Irving, <laughs> all right Kyrie Irving, he's a basketball player for the brooklyn nets and long story short he missed half of the season this year with the covid of uh, because of the covid shot he didn't want to take okay. a shot okay um but he has a tendency in and outside of that to miss work like, just party here, sister party here. I don't feel like playing mental health, social justice here. You know, some good causes, some not. But my question is, right now, Vic, he's wanting the max contract. And knowing that he has a hard time coming into work for whatever reason, are you giving him that max contract?
0: H, no, you ain't getting the max contract. If if you... It, 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 we talked about this on that episode of of dressing the part. Yeah, right? yeah. If if you are not going to dress the part, then you better be killing it in other areas, especially your job and what what
1: somebody else is paying you for. But he is he is an killing entrepreneur. It, He is killing it, though, bro. He ain't on the court enough to kill it. But he's a top five player when he's there. When he's there. When he's there.
0: That's like saying I'm the best uh, speaker there is when I'm on stage. Other than that,
1: I'm not. Okay. Well, I mean, I I just say that because you kind of proved my point when I was like, nah, just because you're talented, you don't get to make your own rules. There's still... thank you.
2: What is the part, though, and when do we start redefining what dress in the park means. What is that?
1: You can do, I guess the argument is you can dress and do whatever you want, as long as you're knocking it out the park. He doesn't come to work. So your talent is not good enough for anything you want to do right now. Your talent, because we're looking at coming to work, your performance versus the money you want. Your performance is not matching, even though you're very talented. We know that when you're there, you're like top five in the league. Mm-hmm. But if you're top five in the league, 50% of the time, that does me no good. I need you to be top five in the league 97% of the time. You feel me?
2: Full-time excellence. Yes. Yeah. That.
1: yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that, that, go ahead, bro. His teammates say
0: it best, right? He's, he's noted for saying uh, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't want to work hard.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm. He's got to show up. He's got to work hard, and yeah. then you could get the max contract. Unless you're an entrepreneur creating your own income, but if you are asking somebody else to pay you,
1: there are certain rules that you got to adhere to. Yeah, but that that that, that was the um, that was the tricky part of that conversation, and and that's why I thought it was important to bring out both sides, because I, I think your man is delusional for wanting the max. I mean, no, he's not. I would go in there and ask for a max to with a straight face, <laughs> <Hey>. but like. <laughs> Know your worth. <laughs> yeah, know your worth. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm top five. Even though I don't come to work, I'm top five. So, yeah, no. Nah, ridiculous, bro. Khalilah, would you pay him? <laughs> <laughs> could I, could I pay what?
2: What am I paying? What's the question? <laughs> he's he's here
0: asking here. for a max basketball contract to be paid one of the highest paid contracts because he considers himself to be one of the best talents. But he also doesn't play often in the last season. (laughs) Last
1: three seasons.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, it's easy to speak what our value is, but we have to perform and we have to show it, right? And and have other people appreciate it. The value comes from how people appreciate it, how they're impacted by Mm. it. And if people aren't being impacted and influenced and seeing his performance, I don't know what they would be paying for at this
0: point. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. All right. Let's use that as an opportunity to jump into this. Shane, you know, we always kick this off talking about what blew your mind. In addition to that max contract request, what blew your mind this week, homie? Um, Shoot your gun,
1: people. Whoa. Shoot your gun. Like, I think if I don't if I don't chill out, I need to go into idea consulting because i get a bunch of ideas and i just constantly see the stuff that i'm that's up here executed by other people Mm -hmm. and it's just because we take our time we get these ideas and we let fear we let planning we let so so and so Mm -hmm. get in the way shoot your gun while you're sitting back thinking about something somebody's actually doing it and that crap happened Mm -hmm. to me twice this week like uh with a business partner where we would, we've been talking about something since March and here we are in the, the the planning room when when it's just we could have executed some idea of the I some facet of the idea and we would have been in the game so now we have to go back and and rework the idea um unless we just want to be another loaf of bread on the bread aisle. Mm-hmm. so shoot your gun people shoot your gun you're gonna fail it's okay it's like imagining that like imagine you say you play football or basketball and you don't want to sweat you're gonna sweat fam you know what i'm saying you're gonna sweat so shoot your gun man shoot your gun can you relate to that
2: i continue to stay amazed at some of the things people are putting out that isn't as good as what i could be doing
0: yeah um
2: and it just continues to say hey get out here do it and where I am today is absolutely enough I was at an event earlier this week and I was hearing these outstanding women speak on stage. And so much of it is with the same things that I'm saying in my workshops that I'm saying to my clients that I'm saying on my platforms, That I'm not being paid nearly as much as they are yet. Um, so to hear that and just have an affirmation, it's, it's, it's just a reminder and I'm not putting them in a category of something, the mediocre piece, but I do see people who are just not doing a lot and, and going back to value and asking for the max. They are asking for the max They are getting the max because they're standing in this place of conviction and confidence and just reminding myself that I have to absolutely stay in that place, too, when I'm speaking to who I am and what I can do. And I guess this continues to blow my mind because when I do that and I do place a value on it and I put it before people, they are ready to provide me with that value. So I do relate to that. And and I do relate to also feeling like it has to be perfect before Mm -hmm. I put it out there, as opposed to trusting that it's going to evolve as it should. And that's just something over the past year, as an entrepreneur, getting comfortable with where it is today and knowing that it's going to evolve as it should and that I'm enough to do what needs to be done today.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, That's the challenge is how you see yourself determines mm-hmm. if and when you're going to show up. Right. And then believing that whatever you put out there, when you show up is going to evolve how it's supposed to.
2: Yes. that trust yeah. It's a radical trust that you have to have in yourself. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, so let's do this. Let's use this as an opportunity to lean more into who you are, what you're doing, because candidly connecting is not the only business that <laughs> you are running. So let's start here. Tell us, what are you most passionate about?
2: I am most passionate about amplifying the stories that we don't hear enough of, amplifying the conversations that we don't have enough and leveraging those conversations, leveraging the space that comes from those conversations to connect us in new ways that's going to allow for change and ultimately impact our communities where everyone can thrive. I'm addicted to seeing people live their full brilliance, live their full excellence, and I'm fascinated and just driven by the power that nuanced conversations can have in allowing people, again, to connect and empower each other and empower Community. I'm just all about the potential, the possibilities, our imperfect excellence, our imperfect brilliance that allows us to humanize more, connect more, community more. And all of my work, the core of it is the conversations that we need to have, digging into that discomfort, um, leaning into that discomfort, leaning into that vulnerability, that honesty, so we can see our truth and start living that truth for each other.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we want to learn more about your work and what you do, but here's a question that we ask, uh, especially this season, all of our guests as they are pursuing their purpose. Why you, why now?
2: Why me? Why now? I would say why me? Because I have been an outsider in so many situations trying to fit in and not allowing myself to amplify my story that hadn't been heard and letting my story be a truth and an inspiration and a connection for others. And I think we just need that right now. I'm so focused on what's the new way to see how we're living our best life because society is doing so much to tell us how we should be living our best life. You got to get the big paycheck. You got to go on the big vacation. But there's also these beautiful moments that we experience every day in the ordinary that actually create extraordinary moments for us. And again, I just want to amplify so much what that looks like. So people can look around at where they are today and say, this is actually my best life. And I've had to go through that with my own personal journey, growing up in East St. Louis, again, being in these situations where I'm an outsider, because I'm from East St. Louis, because I'm black, because I'm a woman, because I'm a wife, because now I'm an ex-wife, all these different things. Um, and I've just seen the power that comes from actually accepting that. And I want to make sure people, other people are accepting that truth as well. And again, going back to why now we're just in this critical place. And I was especially inspired at the death, by the death of Ahmaud Aubrey back in 2020, Of it's not even just us as adults looking at ourselves, but what do we need to start doing with our children and making sure our children are understanding their power in creating inclusion, in creating community and not just the community today, but this community that's going to be in the future that we won't even see. And then what's our role as adults in empowering children to do that, which is why I have both the
0: businesses that I have today. Um, So. Tell us about both Candidly Connecting and your other business and how these two, I guess, marry uh, in your purpose.
2: Yeah. So Candidly Connecting is focused on empowering what we call essential adults. So these, you're, if you have any connection with a little human being, you are an essential adult because the conversations that you have with them influence them. So how are we emp- empowering these essential adults to talk to children about the identities And the experiences of the people that we share society with and do so in a way that when they go out into the world and connect with people that they wouldn't see in their home, that their parents may not be talking to, that may not be in their school, they're seeing these different personalities, these different experiences. They're having an appreciation for these differences. They're having empathy for these differences, a curiosity to connect um, versus seeing difference as something to be afraid of, difference as something to be strange, seen to be strange. So we want to normalize how essential adults have conversations with children about, um, again, the identities and experiences in the same way we would safety, safety, stranger danger, healthy eating, let's start talking about different people. And all of this is to create inclusivity at the playground Um, because again, our children have so much power in them to change our communities. So with candidly connecting, we're doing this through storytelling modules. We have just so many beautiful, messy, intimate stories that people are sharing. And then we provide these tools and reflection guides for adults to then go talk to their children about it. And also for the adults to reflect because I'm very keen on, we have to know who we are in these conversations before we take these conversations to our children, which ties to how I approach my other um, business. It's the Diversity, Equity, Inclusion Boutique, Answer the Moment, um, because all of this is about how we answer the moment before us. I've lived my life and come to where I am based on just focusing on what's before me, because it's really the only place I can be excellent. Um, But Answer the Moment works with different organizations of all sizes. I have clients in the Chicagoland, but I also have clients across the country. I have clients in Canada as well, some international. And that really focuses on not just what you should be doing with diversity, equity, inclusion and creating these spaces where everyone can thrive, but more importantly, how do we show up in this space? How are we navigating our biases? How are we understanding how our identity allows us to connect to others because in my 20 plus career as an HR business partner, when I've seen is it's not that people can't create a great strategy. And I think you really could go Google great strategies. You don't need me to create the strategy where it fails or where it thrives is how people are bringing the strategy to life. We yeah. seem to miss that part. We, we seem to miss the humanization Of the work versus just focusing on the work to get done. And that's why I also say, and this is part of one of my signature talks, we have to make sure we're focused on experiencing life and not just achieving life.
1: Mm. Can you elaborate on that a little bit more?
2: Experiencing life? Absolutely. So with, um, and I'll kind of wrap it around my talk, which is experiencing life through the B list versus achieving life on the A list. Mm. So when we think about the A list and, and, and making sure a lot of us focus on our achievements and getting to our aspirations and our accomplishments, right? All these things that if they go away, it takes away from who we are. Mm. But if we focus on the experience that are coming from these things, right, what are the bumps that I'm experiencing and what is that bringing me, what are the bounces as I move up and down and what is that bringing me, What what are my beliefs that I need to focus on, what is the boost that I need to give myself as far as increasing or decreasing my circle, my choices, my circumstance, that's the (laughs) C-list. And how does that show up in the form of the D-list, right? How am I thinking about disappointments, discouragement, distractions, all of these things. But if we start thinking about how I'm experiencing it, that's where the growth comes in. If we stay focused on where I am on the A-list, which can change at any moment, that's going to leave us feeling arbitrary. That's going to leave us being very dependent on our circumstance versus understanding that life is happening for us and not to us and that these experiences are to help us grow. The other B that I didn't mention is also just breathing and being in these experiences as well. And I say all this, you know, top level, knowing that there's a lot that goes into this. All of this is about growth and evolving in these places. But if we can get to what is this experience for me versus what am I achieving? It it really helps us to evolve and focus on the significance of what's happening for us.
0: That's good. You know, doing my, my, my spy work on you, I (laughs) see that you are often quoted for believing in the power of culture. Culture. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why is that? Can you can you talk to us about the power that you think culture has on either the the audiences that you serve or the kids or the clients that you serve through your businesses?
2: All of it. I mean, when you think about culture, right, and that gets at our behaviors, it gets at our beliefs and all these things that impact how we interact So much of that really boils down to how safe we're feeling in this space to be who we need to be. So putting a focus back on the culture that we create is ultimately putting a focus on what are we doing to make sure people are feeling safe in this space? And what are we doing to make sure people have what they need in this space? And again, some of this evolves. I didn't even know I was starting to think about DEI work. In my corporate career and working in different cultures and just seeing you can't just put policies and procedures and programs out there without thinking about the culture that they're going to stand in something that may work in corporate is not gonna work in a manufacturing culture because it's a totally different type of rhythm. That's not gonna work in a service center environment because it's a totally different type of rhythm. I've worked in a pet resort. (laughs) That required a totally different type of rhythm. So having an appreciation for and being able to express what is this culture? What are our values in this culture? What are the behaviors we wanna see in this culture? And how are those ultimately impacting how people stand and feel safe in this culture is, is something that I hone on with my work, which also then ties back to, again, us having to understand who we are in these cultures. I was just kind of tangenting a little bit, but not too much, doing a workshop yesterday with an organization um, focused on candidly connecting with children. And I said to them, it would be very easy for me to spend this hour just telling you what to do. And how to talk to your, what to do in talking to your children and give you this framework. But we're actually going to spend this hour understanding how you are, who you are as a leader, why your children should follow you, all these things, because that's creating the culture for the conversation. You are creating the culture for the conversation with your children. So I think sometimes, again, we get so focused on what and what we're achieving and we forget all these critical pieces the impact the successes of our what and culture is critical to that.
0: Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. I, I it reminds me of a couple of things, but it reminds me of the book "Who Not How," um, mm. which focuses on the people that you need in your life, but then also pairing that with how influential parents are for setting the stage for their kids. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, my daughter and I are having a lot of conversations around expectations versus standards and believing what's possible. She shared, I shared this on social media the other day, but she was reading a book and she talked about, or the author in the book talked about putting a small pumpkin in a glass jar. And the author pointed out that the pumpkin will never outgrow the size of the jar. And she said, relating that to myself, it's like our environments, right? We will never grow bigger than what our environment allows Allows, and further in that conversation. And this is what I posted on social media. I said, but you can be in an environment that allows for growth and for you to thrive. But if mentally your jar says that you can't accomplish, you can't be, you can't do, then you'll never outgrow that jar. And that's the jar that people have to see and work to expand, you know?
2: Yeah. And it's all of it, right? Because we also sometimes approach this going back to the A list versus the B list as a linear thing. It's A to B, but it's, it's, it's your mindset. It's, it's your experience. It's your exposure. It's your environment. All these things are coming into play. And so much of my work too is making sure that we emphasize and we focus on all these things that come into play. I I learned a term last year, um, as part of a conference, and I hate that I can't think of the name of it, but the term stayed with me, wicked work. And so much of when we're involved with humans, (laughs) it's wicked work, but we approach it like tame work. So tame work is, you know, you get to point A to point B, here's a problem. We know the solution. It's only one way to get there. There's a wrong and a right. But with wicked work, when we start to think about the human experience and impacting humans, multiple perspectives come into play. There's multiple um, right answers. There's multiple dynamics that are impacting this. And really it's a journey, right? We're not going Mm -hmm. to solve it. We're only going to make progress on it. And once we start thinking about DEI work and a lot of the work that impacts human experience in that way, again, we go back to what are we experiencing and what do we need to experience versus getting caught up in achieving and checking the box.
0: We're all parents, and a lot of your work is geared towards helping parents, leaders impact their community, especially their children.
2: Mm -hmm. We're having
0: this conversation about exposure and what we want our kids to realize. Um, When you think about this question, if your child asks you, what kind of person should I be, what would be your answer as parents? What kind of person should I be, mom? What kind of person should I be, dad?
2: My question would be back to my child's of who do you want to be? I don't want to, so, and and I go to that um, because yesterday, again, in our conversation, we, and I say this a lot with Candidly Connecting Sessions um, and a lot of our storytellers hit on this too. So much of this is about Understanding as adults who the children in our lives are, not telling them who they should be based on our experience and our exposure. And how are we creating a space and dialogue to understand who they are and then doing what we need to do to empower that versus mold that. So I guess high level, I would say, I want you to be a person that is creating you know, spaces for others to thrive. And I want you to be a person that's in spaces where you can fully thrive and do that confidently. How that shows up though, you tell me how you want that to be. You tell me what that looks like for you today and let's work together to make that happen.
1: Yeah. Shane, what's your thoughts? Yeah, that's exactly what I would say. I would start with uh, who do you want to be or how do you want to be? And let's let's go from there. What makes you happy? What are your dreams? What are your goals? What is your vision? How do you see the world?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, now, a lot of that will be impacted or can be impacted by what I have already put in them and the values right. that I've instilled in them. And that's why it's important that on a very hourly basis, not even daily, a very hourly basis, that we pour positivity into our children. But that would, that would a hundred percent be the, the conversation. Like, how do you see yourself? You know? Um, Yeah. I mean, in that, if you think about it, to your point, we have to
0: pour into our children and whatever we poured into them at that point, when they ask us that question and we decide to say, Hey, what kind of person should you be? You're about to get a reflection of what you poured into them. Yeah. A hundred percent. Right.
2: And that's why, Giving them experience and exposure to others is so important, too, so that we're not the only ones influencing them. Because we're coming to the conversation with some of our own baggage, right? and <laughs> some yep. of the things that our parents put into us. And we want to allow our children to teach us something different, too. So um it, it, it's definitely when I challenge people, too, to think about what's your circle of influence And how is that impacting the circle of influence for your children? And now how do we start to expand that Mm -hmm. so that they can see all of who they can be when we put the question back on them of who do you want to be?
0: Let's dive here, right? The the name of your business is Candidly Connecting and Mm -hmm. the premise is having candid conversations, namely with children. How candid are we getting with children
2: so it's a journey (laughs) i personally and you know this has been a situation with um my kids as far as how i talk to them how my ex talks to them we don't put a lot of topics off limits i think some people raise their eyes even when they your 10 year old watches that show okay um but it's also meeting them where they are in the conversation. So you don't have to shy away from topics um, because it's a lot of messy stuff happening in the world, but it's also making sure that you're having the conversation in a way that they can process. And a perfect example is one of our storytellers. Um, and we actually call our storytellers identity illustrators because they're illustrating beautifully um, how different parts of their identity have impacted their lives and how they connect with children. But she was sharing when her daughter asked her about George Floyd and, and why the police killed George Floyd. And she's like, I got to have this conversation right now. I'm not prepared. This is heavy. But she knew her child well enough. And I always tell people, you have to know your child to know where you can go with these conversations. So she didn't pull up video. She didn't go into the details of what happens um, yeah. in, in all those moments of George Floyd losing his life. But she pulled a few pictures um, and she had some very high level conversations. So she knew her daughter couldn't handle video and actually seeing things happen. But she knew her daughter well enough to say if she saw pictures, if she saw captions and news stories, she can use that to leverage a conversation. So when we talk about getting candid, it's relative to who your child is which as an adult in their lives is your responsibility to know who they are and what they can handle and what they can process and be really real real with them. And also what I talk about too is you're going to be uncomfortable in this and that's okay. I think as adults, as parents, we feel like we have to have this level of confidence and expertise. I can't tell you how many times a day with my kids. I'm like, I don't know but let's learn together Um, or I'm being asked this question and it's got me just feeling a certain kind of way, but the outcome of the conversation overrides how I'm feeling at that moment. So get candid, get very candid and get uncomfortable and lean into that discomfort. I, I wouldn't put a cap on how candid we can get. Look at the moment, answer the moment um and go with your children where you feel like they can handle again going back to have a responsibility though of knowing what your children can handle
1: with that um and i'm just interested to hear from your perspective how much has i want to say america but let's just say society as a in general how much has uh society changed (laughs) and how different is it to I guess the way you grew up and even where we were, maybe let's not say a day ago, let's say two years ago, four years ago, mm. like how much has it, cause on my, my end, I, I don't know where we are. Like, it's just, this is too much happening really fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
2: So are you asking how, are you asking how different the conversations are today versus what?
1: With- yeah. I guess my question is how are you navigating the, um, How quickly society is changing with those conversations, because there's like certain conversations um, like, for instance, this is Pride Month. I have no idea how to approach that with my son, because how we viewed those things when we were growing up is totally different to how society accepts it now. Um, You know, I struggle with pronouns and it's, you know, I believe in treating humans as they want to be treated.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: or treating humans as not even as they would want to be treated as you would want to be treated so my argument is always I don't have to agree with anything you're doing to respect you Uh, so like how how do you approach these conversations in a society that seems to be changing literally by the day
2: Yeah. yeah and to that end for me to learn so much by the day I mean even though I stand as a Uh, DEI leader in this space there's still things that I'm constantly learning and being corrected on I think to navigate it the right way um and I'm also always careful of I can give you some different tips as far as what can impact your mindset but not Mm -hmm. prescription of one two three and this is going to work in your house (laughs) (laughs)
1: because it's
2: going to be different with each person but one is even hearing you speak to um I don't know everything about the LGBT community, right? So if that is a conversation though that you want to dig into because we're in Pride Month, just sitting down on a Saturday afternoon and saying, let's learn together a little bit about Mm. LGBTQ and letting the conversation go from there and being open to Mm. where the conversation would go with your children. And I think for me, again, that's been the best way to navigate and I can't really control because I can't control society. The conversations that I'm going to end up having with my children, all I can do is control how I'm going to respond to it and how open I'm going to be. And if this is a conversation that's right now top of mind in society, I need to make sure I'm addressing that with my child because what I don't want or what I want to try to be proactive about as much as possible is me having a conversation first and him or her taking it to their playground versus them bringing it back to me from mm-hmm. the playground and having that be their first experience. So um, society is changing. There's so much. And I don't even know, honestly, if it's so much that wasn't around, we're just now more open to talking about them. it. You're right. You know, and our children have access. Have they have to it in it their now. palms,
1: in their <laughs> palms. Me and Vic, me and Vic, me and Adrian was talking about this just last night, like, you know, just just diversity and equity and inclusion. Mm -hmm. I I haven't even made it past the Black issues yet. (laughs) You feel me? Like, I I have a hard time. Like, I understand. But, like, the the first thing anybody will see or know about me is the color of my skin. So, like, I've been, I I haven't been able to make it past or through those issues. And we already have another set that's, like, on our table. So it's just, it's, um... It's interesting.
2: There's a lot of conversations to be had. Um, And I would just say, don't put pressure on yourself to try to have them all and and just kind of gut check with your child. What's top of of mind for you today? What you have been thinking about? Um, And it can sometimes be that easy. And I tell parents that too, like we read so many articles of like, this is how you should talk to your child and all. But sometimes like, you know, one of the examples I share and even just trying to understand how my children are forming, how they think about people, which is ultimately their biases. I will just say, like, who's cool in your class? Super simple mm. question. And by them describing who's cool, I'm starting to hear their biases of who mm-hmm. they think is cool, who they think isn't cool. And, and why. Can, and, and why. Yes. <laughs> That's so important. I'm glad you said that, Shane, too, because a lot of times in conversations with adults, too, we get an answer and say, "Okay," versus really exploring and getting to the understanding of why they're thinking that. That's so critical, and especially with our children. I'll share a really quick example. And Shane, you're gonna be like, "I'm not there yet" um, with my kids. (laughs) But one of our identity illustrators, she shares when she gave birth to two uh, twin girls. And when one of her twin girls at two said, does God make a mistake with gender? And she could have easily at said two? at two. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is a fantastic child. I think her her son, so I'll get to that, it's her son now, now has a book and target outstanding. It's amazing. Um, but she could have easily said, well, God never makes mistakes. Right. End of discussion. Or she could have said, no, honey, end of discussion. But she was like, well, why are you even asking this question? What made you ask that question? And that led to a dialogue that led to their journey around gender identity and Mm -hmm. making sure this child was living in the identity that they were comfortable with. And so now she has a girl and a boy. I'm
1: not ready. And, um, (laughs) um, yeah, that baby's not too
0: (laughs) That baby been here before. <laughs> yeah, that baby I was one of those
2: kids. Poor
1: God. I've never been here before. And you know, <laughs> but that's so funny. That you know, that, that's so funny <laughs> because one of the things that I've seen this week a lot on social media is <clears throat> I don't care how you live your lifestyle, just don't force it on our babies. And I'm like, eh, okay, what is forcing? What's not forcing? What <laughs> you know, it's 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 a lot, but I man. think
0: that that's the that's the point is you're asking those questions. It's yeah. when we see that stuff and we just, and we just say, shut nope, it down. Yeah, no, I ain't doing. I today. ain't dealing with it. Not right? today Okay. Even even Kalila, you I, I came across this quote in one of your videos. You said the conversation is uncomfortable until it isn't, and I, I think that, that. Yeah. that's what we have to realize as we're talking about parents this is only an uncomfortable conversation because you believe it's an uncomfortable conversation. You could call it an essential. You can call it a critical. You can call it an important, you can call it whatever you want, but whatever (laughs) you call it, you're right. And that's what you're going to believe it is. But if you want this conversation to be normalized in your house, for whatever reason, then you just have to set the stage for it. So talking with your kids, And maybe not diving into the deepest and darkest uh, corners of these conversations, but just giving them an opportunity to share what's on their mind. Like I love, I'm in my office and I can hear footsteps coming down the stairs, turns the corner and it's my daughter. Hey, what you doing? And I go, nothing. (laughs) Okay. And she just shares whatever's on her mind. I got a question. Like the other day she asked me, has racism ever stopped you from achieving a goal in life? Wow. Where did that come from? What, did you, Do you feel that you, you know, because you go into protection mode, right? So it's like these conversations, but she also will come up and say, you know, I'm fortunate to have parents who are pushing me to do stuff because I got some friends that their parents aren't doing that. So again, it's about setting the stage and, and providing an opportunity for your kids to just openly talk with you which I know is something we've been doing with our kids since they were little, it will come out. It will show up. And as your kids evolve, you'll see it show up. The hardest part is when they're young and in the moment being patient enough to wait on it.
2: And it so impacts how they show up to the world. It's like, I think about some of the candid conversations that we've had with our son and how it's just, so impacted his confidence and how he stands and how he responds to people. And this may seem simple, but, um, someone was trying to tease him so silly and was saying, you know, your parents are divorced. So that's why they don't love you. Okay. My son being my son, (laughs) he's like, well, I I, I think maybe you have an insecurities because you're looking at my life and trying to point out what's wrong to make yourself feel better. I love him for that. And I know he was confident in that and he knows what divorce has meant for me and my ex and what it means for him as our son, who will always be the focal point Mm -hmm. because of the conversations that we've had with him. So he didn't even have to think twice about what divorce means or letting someone else define for him what divorce means, because we've had conversations that have um shaped his perspective and that's what so much of it is about as well is these conversations are to help our children get a perspective on life and and be guided and confident in that perspective
0: yeah he was armed and ready
2: he was armed and ready neither one of my kids I mean my daughter the other day she's like I don't care how people think about because she now has his haircut and when she puts a hat on she says people can't tell if she's a boy or a girl now and she's like and i don't care about that i don't care what they think about how i dress how i talk i do think about if i'm presenting my work what they think about my work yeah. but everything else i could care less about and she's and that,
1: ten. that's that's <laughs> dope yeah. that's
0: awesome kalila a couple more questions before we get you out of here okay and it's to help us learn about you and our audience learn about you one are you reading anything interesting? Are you listening to anything interesting? What are you listening to? What are you reading? What are you digesting?
2: You know honestly, right now, I am not reading to anything as far as books. I am so focused on um how I'm repivoting both of my businesses. It's been a year into entrepreneurship. I'm so grateful and blessed with the clients that I have and and how I've been able to thrive without even having a website. I haven't pitched a deck yet. And yet I have clients like Grant Thornton, General Mills, just doing all these great things. Uh, But I also am well aware through this evolution that I need to start delegating more and focusing more on the business versus being in the business. So a lot of my extra time outside of all the other things that I'm doing is focusing on that business piece and also just I'm a creative. So creating content as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The E-myth, You got to work on the business instead of in the business. That's a great book. Uh, but then too, I don't know if the audience caught that nugget. You said, I still have clients despite not having a website, despite not having all the things that they say you supposed to have for yes, the <laughs> you know what i mean like did you catch that gem for this person who's sitting there listening to this saying oh but i need to do this and i need to have this she just said and she name dropped some names <laughs> that you would think would want to see that you got a website and she don't have a website no so people stop sitting there waiting let me drop one more
2: that. thing to support Go i am um mogul named me one of their top 100 dei leaders
1: yes so
2: i'm on this list with amazon netflix spy heroes some of these other organizations Mm. listed number three not ranked number three but they got me listed number three with answer the moment and there's no website for answer the moment yet here i am in my first year of entrepreneurship and so yes with that standing as you are, because I've had many people tell me, well, you should be doing this or a consultant does this. And I'm like, well, what I'm doing as I am works. And I appreciate best practices, but people have to make sure they are using it as inspiration and not duplication and really bringing who you are to the table, because I'm well aware that I have all the clients that I have because of who I am and them wanting to work with me.
0: Yeah. 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 Last question, at yeah. least for me. What's one thing people can't tell about you just by looking at you?
1: Ooh,
2: these are this, that's an interesting few things. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> what, so one, one okay, thing?
2: I'm actually going back to one of my workshops where I ask people to tell me who they think I am before I actually introduce myself. And because of these red glasses, people think I'm an extrovert because I speak so much um, and how I speak. And I am not. I'm an introvert. Um, I get my energy when I am alone. I can do all I need to do throughout the day. But at the end of the day, I need to be by myself and decompress. So that surprises people on top of (laughs) my obsession with 80 shows and I guess very random 80 shows when asked the other day. They were like, oh, you go deep with the 80s. So, like, I still watch regularly Benson.
1: (laughs) Sorry for that snicker there.
0: I mean, you can't even see the look on my face. (laughs) (laughs) You watch this, like, making sure you keep up with this, even though... (laughs)
2: Well, there's nothing to keep up with, right? Because it's on right. But I, you know, when i at night and I'm, like, decompressing or doing some work, it's on. Benson Or um, Alice.
1: What's happening now? So where are you getting these shows is my question. Like, where are you finding them? Are they on Hulu or?
2: They are not on Hulu, but there are apps out there to be. Um, I don't know if it's Cackle or Crackle. Um. It used to be IMDb, but I think now it's Fever. But yes, I have found them, and they are the are Jeffersons ready. on there. Yes, the Jeffersons are out there. Give yeah, me I a break! It's out there. Yeah.
1: Well, you, you know, know, I think what's excellent about this, as you know, as we chuckle about it, is that <laughs> as I as I scroll through my decks, like we were kids, mm-hmm. and I, I, we don't know. I don't know your age. I'm not asking, but we were kids in the '90s. And I, but as I look back at the 90s like right now we were watching that Martin reunion Yeah, and there was so much stuff that like was popping about that show so uh, to her point of why I would watch stuff from the 80s is because you would experience it different yes. as yes. an adult as yes. you would now like right now for me to go back and experience Martin at 38 is totally different to how I consumed it at 9 when it came 100%. Out.
2: And I am older than you, okay?
1: So <laughs> I was
2: in high school when Martin came out, but it is something to see. And it's also, especially with 80 shows, to see how bold they were. Yeah. Yeah. The things yeah. and topics that they touched on. Yeah. Powerful.
0: You yeah. know, what's a show, okay? I tell them myself <laughs> me and my wife watched from back in the day that were very bold. The Golden Girls.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Listen, every night. The-
0: the every night, them, them, the golden girls touched on some topics mm-hmm. that back then we were not talking about. Mm-hmm. They touched on everything from race to LGBTQ to, uh, they touched on it all.
2: So did facts of life, date rape, anorexia. Um, what are some of the other, I don't know, using drugs, like they had mm-hmm. so many topics there. as well. So, and I watched some of these with my daughter. Um, and you know, we are able to have conversations about it. So
0: love it, love it. Well, <laughs> Khalilah thank you so much for being open, honest, and transparent with us about who you are and how you show up in the world. We absolutely again thank you for your time. Thank you for joining us we want to give you in our footwork segment an opportunity to tell the people how to connect with you and what you got going on. So share with the people
2: how Absolutely. to get with Khalila. Yeah, you can get with me by finding me on LinkedIn, Khalila Shakir Lyons. I'm also on Instagram under I am Kalila Lyons. Candidly Connecting actually does have a website. So you can find me on candidlyconnecting.com. And I am in the process of getting a website for and to the moment as well. Um, if you need to send an email, I'm at kalila at I That's
0: awesome. That's awesome. And it sounds like you might not even need that website, but hey, you know.
2: I have been actually at this point going back and forth of do I want the website out there? I do for many different reasons. And, you know, I'm sure we'll connect again because there's some other things that'll be coming down the pike that'll be broader and go under the umbrella of answer the moment. Um, But yeah, as far as it's been nice to get things word of mouth and to be able to say, I've gotten my clients word of mouth again, to your point around the nuggets as you are, you can do it. Yep. As
0: you are. That's awesome. Shane, footwork, what we got going on, man?
1: Uh, So this week, I officially received the title with Breaker Nation. I'm now the director of educational partnerships. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I just wanted to evaluate some music, man. And um, Felicia and I have been just really digging. So we're about to ramp up. We got a hundred new interns coming on for an internship experience next month in July, so we need music so if you got music, if you are an artiste, um a music creator, break a nation app, upload your music um so it's a great time to uh, be a part of the app. Also, I will be doing a, uh, which this isn't for everybody, but what I'm going to try to start doing is I'm relaunching my blog, the Music Ed blog, but um, this week I'm doing a keynote, not a keynote. I'm doing a professional development with uh, DC Public Schools. So um, it's on creating music production and something I haven't really sat down with. But um, I'm probably going to take a lot of this content, and if I can't take it and use the content on my website, I don't do it and that's just mm-hmm. what it is because um my uh my work in academia is my intellectual pro- 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 property <laughs> you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. i'm not just going to write your journals and do your stuff and not um and not benefit and also i signed the i find the official publishing deal for my first book that should be coming out october 4th um title to be remain and publisher to be named later but um mm. a chicken, a jerk put me at work, man.
0: That's how I it. I can't keep up with this dude, man. I can't stand it. Put I
2: put
1: foot on him. the gas when it's time, bro. That's yeah, it. good know. though.
2: That question and some more, because I said where you can find me, but I didn't know you wanted to know like what we're doing sure well absolutely
0: okay. yeah <laughs> come on this is your chance
2: so um you know i have both my companies and they're thriving and we'll be coming out with some new programming for candidly connecting so stay tuned um, on that but then i also recently was elected to the board of the international women's forum so the chicago chapter this is an outstanding outstanding organization of women just at the top of their game and What's been phenomenal about my first year in the organization is being on the membership committee and really redefining how we think about what an outstanding woman is. And Mm -hmm. ensuring that that allows more women of color to get in as well. And just also different type of women having impact and influence in a different way. And so to now be on the board is an honor. Um, And also now vice chair for the program committee is an absolute honor as well. So that's um, been some recent news in my
1: world as well. That's amazing. It's important to share all these experiences like because um, like LeBron James, right? He just became a billionaire. But he's mm-hmm. most famous for playing basketball. But I, I would bet a penny to a dollar, probably less than a quarter of his wealth is built from the,
0: the basketball. basketball.
1: Mm-hmm. So yeah. all of these experiences, all of these connections, all of these steps are It's super critical that we express them. And then we also share with others because this, this is the gateway, man. This is, this is how we change the next generation for our kids, man. It's the work that we do. So this is how people find you. This is how people identify that they have a need that they Mm -hmm. possibly didn't even know. Yeah. Like I need you. I just updated my LinkedIn page. So now I gotta go find you. that. Like, hey, buddy, we're friends now, you know. So <laughs> it's um, you know, this is dope. What about you, brother?
0: Man, I got the call a couple of weeks ago um, to put on a three-day workshop for an audience that I didn't know that I could serve to teach them. Presentation skills, how to be a dope, dynamic speaker. Um, the audience uh, does presentations on university campuses. They uh, Their leader got, uh, I guess, <laughs> got recommended to me as a speaker saying, hey, you, you need to check him out. And they said, we got a need. We got people who need to know how to present in this way. And so they approached me and said, you got carte blanche. Organize a three-day workshop, and so I'm going to be doing that in about six weeks. And I'm I've just started working on that, preparing for what that's going to look like.
1: That's though we're at.
0: It's going to be up in Cincinnati. I can't okay. share the organization no, no, that's just fine, yet. That's fine.
1: That's
0: fine. But that's right it's going to be up in Cincinnati, right? You talk about networks and getting exposed and yes, yeah. word of mouth.
2: Yes, yeah. your community. They did not find
0: good. me for my <clears throat> website either.
2: Yep. People will speak, and I always say, like, you know, I actually kind of try to stay away from the term network because it just feels very um,
1: insincere.
2: Insincere, yeah, and almost manipulative. Like, let me see how you can help me. Um, versus, I just always say, I have this super dope community of people, and so many people I've just had conversations with without even an agenda, right? We're just talking and connecting. And through life and different things, my name may come up, their name may come up and we're helping right. each other out. So I love that. I think it's important too, because then you do get opportunities like that. If people just know yeah. who you are, then, you know, if it's a genuine connection, they're going to amplify you and bring opportunities to you that you never would have expected ever, yeah. just by talking about who you are and what you're passionate about.
0: To that same point, I just had a conversation with a guy. He was a previous guest. He's a financial advisor. He was on the show, Casey Craft. You remember, Shane? A, yeah. uh, his famous quote is, if you can't pay cash for it, you can't afford it. Well, my my family and I have been talking about and asking questions. If a recession is looming what do we actually need to do financially to prepare? And he was willing to sit down with me for an hour because he's a part of my community and say, hey, here's what I'm advising. Here's some thoughts, here's some things. And I could ask him what I thought were dumb questions. And he was like, that's not a dumb question. And let me tell you why, right? That community, just to have access to somebody, to to just ask these questions and get information is so important. It's so critical. So yeah, I'm grateful. Let's close out. We always end every episode with a quote. And thinking about this episode here, Khalila, what I know about you, this quote absolutely is relevant to you, your cause, and all of our purposes. It says, our fingerprints don't fade from the lives we touch. Our fingerprints don't fade from the mm. lives we touch. And That's I think good. That's not only with good. the work that you're doing, but the work that we are all doing And I'm not just talking about the three of us, I'm talking to our audience. With all of the work that we are all doing, it's important to remember that our fingerprints never fade from the lives we touch. So spend that time Mm
2: -hmm.
0: touching people, metaphorically, in an impactful way that allows for us and our community to be better in the future. As always, we appreciate you for rocking with us, Purpose Addicts. Khalila. again, thank you for your time. If you haven't already, like, subscribe, go share the show. Tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend and tell a police officer. Always tell a police officer. We got to bridge this gap, baby. Purpose Addicts, live life on purpose. We out.
1: And I think a lot of the times everybody's not going to understand your vision, your walk, your purpose, your desires, your dreams, your goals. And they don't have to because I'm going to tell you a secret. Everybody ready? It's yours. It don't belong to them. It ain't, it ain't, it ain't they teeth to brush. Ain't they armpits to put deodorant on. It's yours.
0: This message is for anyone who is not answering the calling on their life. I want you to take note of something. That one thing, that one talent, that one gift you have, that idea that could give birth to a solution that possibly brings harmony to the world, will never get the chance to breathe life if you continue to let fear kidnap you from your future. That's right, I said, if you continue to let fear kidnap you from your future. Too many times we settle for good things when we can have God things. And purpose is a God-given gift. Not everybody Fulfills their purpose. Not everybody discovers it. Not everybody walks in it. But if you're willing to give up the good things to get to the God things, well, baby, I promise you, purpose that's for you.
1: Failure is a part of success. I heard that somewhere. I didn't make that. Failure is a part of success. Yeah, yeah. I gonna uh, say You could try ten times.